Hey folks, it's Amar and Jamie from the Get More at Bats podcast. We hope you're doing great. I'm sitting in sunny and hot Charlotte, North Carolina on a bit of a family trip, Jamie. So we're coming to you live from location here. And today we're going to talk about a topic that is possibly one of the best and fastest ways to make more pipeline. And it's, it's just really about a mindset shift. Here is the topic and then Jamie and I will unpack it. If you're chasing logos, expecting to generate revenue, you're essentially chasing ego. So logo chasing is for your ego, but real revenue is built on relationship. Okay. So here's the general topic, and then I'm going to kick it to Jamie. Think about every major company today. They, their sales operations team essentially organizes a salesperson's time based on accounts those accounts are generally based on territories or verticals, two of the most macro ways to start focusing a salesperson's time, right, Jamie? So the challenge is, and Jamie, I'm going to have you kick off because I know this is a passion point of yours. Yeah, I've, you're, anyone that's been following me for a while is probably sick of me saying this, but account selection and account prioritization, most important decision you'll ever make in prospecting. I don't care how great your messaging is. I don't care how great your product is or how slick you are as a sales professional. If you're aiming at an account that has a competitor in that account, or you're aiming at an account that has no compelling reason to change, then no matter what you try to sell them, you're hitting a black, you know, a blank wall or a brick wall, whatever the saying is. So the important piece here is. I think the underlying thing that needs to be taught the sales professionals is not logo chasing. That's a symptom to a problem. The problem is objective decision-making. And I actually think that it's one of the least and most underserved topics in sales enablement. Um, and that's something, a, a passion that I hope to bring more to light from an enablement standpoint is to teach sellers how to make decisions objectively and strategically. So, Logo chasing is essentially when a sales professional looks at the total addressable market. Let's say they have 100 accounts. And they go, okay, where do I start my time? And what they typically do is they'll go into their CRM or they'll go into Zoom Info and they'll reverse engineer. Let's do a search by. Their natural instincts are, let's look at revenue. Let's look at headcount. Let's, if you're imagining you're selling to quick serve restaurants, you would look at the number of franchises they have, whatever that metric is none of which is a competitive advantage for you. It's known as an asymmetric competitive advantage, meaning it is a disproportionately leaning in your direction versus your competitor. Well, that's where your team needs to start thinking about, like we all want to win Amazon. We all want to win Yeti. I'm drinking out of a Yeti. That doesn't mean all of us in cybersecurity are going to win the Yeti account. One company is, and one CRM is going to win, one marketing automation. And so you have to recognize that let's lean in on the accounts that we have the greatest probability of opening doors. Now we're biased. We're biased because we've been teaching it for 10 years and we've been enabling this and watching uh, what we used to call the sphere of influence, now called you know customers on the move, follow your fans, Take your customers and, you know, like I'm on a podcast, I recognize, but it's visual. I've got a sheet of paper here. 
and I'm drawing a logo in the center of a sheet of paper, which is your customer, which is my customer. And then what I'm doing is drawing adjacent lines off that sheet of paper. And I'm looking for people that leave that customer and go into, and depending on your sales motion, they can go into other customers. Great for upsell and cross-sell. They can go into named prospects that I've actively been trying to go after. But what it's helped me decide is prioritization. I've now figured out that I'm going to go after account A today, not tomorrow because of this compelling Or they go into what's called the greenfield. And this kind of comes back to a Mars logo hunting. Yeah, we all want to win Yeti. But what if a past customer went to Igloo Cooler? A little bit less cool brand than Yeti, but your chance of opening Igloo just skyrocketed three to five times because your past customers in there. Makes sense. So that's kind of the mindset that the decisions that your sellers make to which they are spending their time, that decision alone is going to change the course of your quota attainment for the whole year. If you master that, you give yourselves a much higher probability. Of course, you still have to do the activity, the actions and activity, but you have given yourself a way better chance of success. Yeah, it's a massive tailwind, Jamie, and it helps that sales professional so immensely because right now, one of the biggest things that none of us even think about, I think we know it's all intrinsically there, but we talk about a sales cycle, right? Oh, my sales cycle is three months, nine months, 18 months, whatever that is. But what's your prospecting cycle? Because the prospecting cycle is the headwind. So right now, salespeople are bashing into the wave every single day, multiple times a day. Your BDR team is too, right? Trying to open up doors. But what they're not basically understanding is that headwind that wave that they're crashing into is really the prospecting cycle. Now, according to research that technically Jamie and I have done a few years ago in our in our other uh, enablement company, Sales for Life, is the following, that the average amount of time a salesperson takes to open a door in the account is about nine to 12 weeks. There are, and, and again, that's an average, that's an average, there are some cases where products with uh, shorter ACVs and shorter values, they typically open doors in two to three weeks, and that's great. And then there's this big honking multi-seven-figure deals on the other side of the uh, equation. But just think about that nine to 12-week period. Think about the brutal energy and the force that your salespeople need to battle through just to open the door, right? Just to even learn, forget confirmed interest, just to even learn if there is interest. So account prioritization, to Jamie's very valid point, is a beautiful way to start prioritizing your time as well, right? So you're prioritizing your time, you're prioritizing accounts, and ultimately all for the hope of a better revenue outcome. Now, there's one other thing here to consider, which is the following. There is a sales operations team, Jamie, or a RevOps a team that essentially is calling and, and setting the entire macro battlefield at play for everyone to play on, right? So a lot of this also stems from the fact that we have old school thinking, and I don't mean to use that term in a pejorative way. That's not what I'm saying. But we have old school thinking, which is, oh, 
oh, there's this many accounts in my TAM. I'm going to divide them in these territories and we're going to give 100 accounts to this rep and 125 to this rep. But instead, there is a case study that's out there. It's not a well-known case study. In fact, some of you might be hearing this for the first time. And that case study is LinkedIn. So LinkedIn sales operations team actually is based on giving people accounts based on the relationship. So if you are targeting relationships that former customers, new decision makers, um, a competitive threat that may be in the account and how to navigate that, these are generally all dubbed as the relationship bucket. If you're targeting people based on that, you have an exceedingly high chance of success in opening the door, collapsing the pipeline cycle down, right? The prospecting cycle down, and then beginning your sales cycle as a process. And there are actually, um, I hope that in six to 12 months, there's going to be a second case study for that because a friend's company of mine is hiring 12 account executives and they are actually moving to what is called the social proximity model. So they're, they're actually recruiting talent from their industry. Um, they sell to experiential marketers. And so think of live events, essentially. That's experience. That's the fancy word for experiential marketing. And they're hiring people that either come from the OEM, meaning the brand. So they come from Yeti or they come from the agency world. And they're assigning the accounts based on social proximity. And I can't wait to see the results because that will be another testament to taking it another step forward. Uh, so of course, you might have open headcount in the state of Texas and you backfill somebody and then you're asking them to do this relationship heat map in advance of saying, well, where do we have past customers? Where are there, you know, where, where are there people on the move? But there's another case to scaling an entire organization, specifically when you know, your industry is mature. There are people that are, have already served these type of customers before. You're actually recruiting and then enabling the talent to serve the people they know that they can serve. So that'll be an interesting one. Um, we got to wrap up, Amar. Uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Don't chase logos. Logo chasing is for your ego. Chase revenue, which is predicated 100% of the time on relationship building. Folks, thanks for joining us. It's Amar and Jamie signing out. Subscribe, like, follow, do all that good stuff. Help us spread the message. We really believe in account-based sellers and closing the pipeline gap. And it's possible. If you know social selling, if you know digital prospecting, and you're basically given really good signals to track, you can do it. It's Amar and Jamie signing out. See you on the next one. Cheers.